Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD plus even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. Today's cool fact of the day is that somewhere close to half the population has some kind of visual sensitivity. And just like, say, several hundred years ago, the idea of putting lenses over your eyes to correct your vision was not well understood or well known. Today, we're just finding out that putting color over your eyes can have a very profound effect on cognitive function. In fact, today, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, you can go to bulletproofexec.com YouTube to sign up for that, by the way. Uh, you can see that I'm wearing my cool indoor sunglasses and a hat. And what I'm talking about is a condition called Erlen syndrome or sometimes scoptic sensitivity. I first learned about this kind of thing because I noticed that fluorescent lights were making me really tired. Uh, when I went to work for this tech company that did uh, packet filtering, if that means anything to you, if you're a network engineering kind of guy, the boardroom had these incredible weird fluorescent lights that like shine down and I'd go in there and just drool on myself. It was so bad that I did all this research and I found some strange article, I think it was in Time, with like 2,000 comments from people swearing that they, they also had this problem and that this weird kind of glasses fixed it. So I had my cool orange glasses that you've seen probably if you're a longtime fan lots of times. I had those and they profoundly affected how I could perform at work. They gave me my brain back. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. 
Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. And today's guest on the show is none other than Helen Erlen, who discovered this thing about 30 years ago and has spent the last 30 years working on hacking this problem of how some people have a problem with the way they see the world. And it's entirely invisible to you if you have this until you sit down and you do a little bit of testing. In fact, when I did the testing, it knocked me out. Just the visual stress. I had no idea how tired sometimes just looking at letters could be for me. I learned to read at 18 months. I don't have a problem reading. However, apparently it does cost me more than it should and I found a way to turn it down. So with us today is Helen. She's been on the show before, but she's here at Bulletproof Labs. And for the last two days, Mark Atkinson, who you see on the Q&A of the show, and I and my wife, Dr. Lana, have sat here and gotten trained by Helen so we can now help test people to see if they have this sensitivity. We found one of the children in our local school, one of the mothers in our local school, who have visual stress. They don't know it. They don't know why their brains turn off some of the time, and it turns out it's related to fluorescent lighting and things like that. The science here is amazing. I learned how to do the screening, and I'm here to talk with Helen. Helen, welcome to the labs, and welcome to the show. Good. It's great to be here. How was that for an intro? Did I nail it? Ah, you did very well. I loved it. So this is at the end of two days. I'm sitting <laughs> under our bright studio lights, and you tested my brain, Lana's brain, pretty heavily today. And how is this different from like the normal thing? I think most people like a oh, vision testing, like that's looking at one of those vision charts, and you know, can you read row five, QR seven, six, or whatever? What walk me through what you do that's different than that? Right, and there is a difference between vision and visual processing. Okay. What the optometrists or ophthalmologists do is they're looking at making sure that the visual information is put on the right part of the retina. So they're giving you lenses to do that. But it's not the eye that has to read or process visual information. It's actually your brain. So that information has to go from your eye through a whole bunch of neural networking simply to your brain. And it's your brain. And you see what your brain wants you to see. So if somebody thinks about an optical illusion, they realize it's not their eyes that are creating that optical illusion. It's actually the brain that creates the optical illusion. Um, so what we have found is there are people, and I think it's because today we're under fluorescent lighting. We don't have the option for incandescent lighting. Um, there's this myth that brighter is better, so everything is bright. We're spending a lot of time on computers, iPads, iPhones, tablets, all of which, for the population I work with, is highly stressful. You started working on, I think, kids with learning disabilities. I started working with children who had reading problems and, um, and learning disabilities. I was a school psychologist, and I did all the standard tests we do in terms of school psychology to try to figure out if they have a problem, what the problem was. And a lot of the children, my test did not show up a problem at all. But when I went into the classroom, the teacher would say, watch this child, watch what's happening, how the child is struggling, how the child can't perform. How the parent would say to me, 
I have to spend hours doing homework with the child. And that's the reason that she can even get good grades in school. But the school then doesn't recognize it as a problem. And it led me, I think, to think of and to say, you know what? I don't think the test that we're doing today identifies all the problems that are out there and that a lot of people are going to grow up and continue to have problems for adulthood and into the rest of their lives. We need to ask new questions in a different way. So a group of people, like let's say someone listening here, they go to the normal eye doctor, ophthalmologist, and he says, can you focus, can you use the muscles in your eye to focus, to get the light so you can recognize the letters? Mm -hmm. If so, you're good. Mm -hmm. And what you're testing is, okay, once the focus on the letters is there, when the signal gets into the brain, does the brain know how to efficiently process that visual information to turn it into something that you can use without causing undue physical stress or other symptoms? Yeah, and you got both the efficiency of doing it and the ease of doing it and the comfort of doing it. Because the people, the individuals who have to, whose brain has to work at processing visual information, it plays itself out in achievement, performance, and physical symptoms. So if you focus on learning disabilities, is this something for low-functioning people? It goes across the board. Um, if you're working with learning disabilities, I'm not saying it's the only cause of learning disabilities. You may have other contributing factors as well. About 50% of those who have been identified with learning um, problems, reading problems, or dyslexia, this is actually a major issue or the only issue. And I'll take it into, you know, in the U.S. today, ADD, ADHD is like the knee-jerk reaction. All teachers say, oh, your child's not attending. Your child's fidgety. Your child's daydreaming. The child has to be put on medication. And it's actually a third of those that it's the visual information and the visual stress that's causing the problem. And they're not going to get better with the drugs. The drugs may actually have no effect or make them worse. Something interesting happened uh, here at Bulletproof Labs today. Well, we have uh, some low-functioning people. We have me. I, I mean, I have an Ivy League MBA, and, and I'm a successful entrepreneur. Uh, we have my wife, Dr. Lana, who has an MBA from uh, actually a Wharton Sister School in Stockholm, as well as an MD, <laughs> an emergency room physician. <laughs> and we have Dr. Mark, an MD, who's the head of the Bulletproof Coaching Program and has written books and is a, a, a well-known personal growth expert and teaches hundreds of people and leads the Bulletproof Coaching Program. All right, by the way, quick plug, we still have a few slots left for the next training, and it's changing people's lives as trainers and amplifying what they do. But all three of us, <clears throat> I think the technical term is got our asses handed to us <laughs> today with visual training. That's why I'm wearing a, a baseball hat and my Erlen filters today, because my brain wouldn't really be here if I wasn't doing that. But Brock, um, who you probably see as a cameo every now and then on the show, who's editing the show, he was pretty much like, eh, I'm, I'm totally good, but nope, no big deal. He said it with like this cool Canadian accent too. It was pretty legit. But here's the deal. We have four people in the room, and three of them were completely zombified by this training. And the cool thing is Mark, who is very aware, he teaches personal awareness and personal development, had no idea that this was part of what caused stress in his body. And you could just see this dawning awareness like, how could I not have known? And the reason you don't know. And we why? talked about like, this is yeah. because 
whatever mm-hmm. you're experiencing becomes your baseline of normal. And so he just thought, this is normal for me. And what he did going to school was he developed a lot of compensatory strategies so that he could continue to do things, but he read backwards. He didn't read everything. He could use his listening skills. Um, So he didn't have to say, I have a problem. He was able to manage to compensate enough to get through the system, but he was paying a price. And he actually had no idea because he said, this is me. This is what's normal. And that's, we talked about this baseline issue of nobody really knows if it can be easier or better unless it can get changed so you can make the comparison and see. You won't know if you have a problem because Mm. if it's always been there, you just think everyone else is working harder than you. Right. You just got to work a little harder. And there's no way that, that even the most sane, enlightened person can know that because you're not going to experience someone else's effort level. Like You'll see the way they present themselves to the world. You might think they're working hard. They might be. They might not be. But it, it's one of those things. We don't even have a way of saying that, you know, level of one to 10. Well, I feel like I'm really putting in a 10. And your neighbor's like, well, I'm putting in a seven and he got the A and you got the C. Like You don't know. It's because he's smarter than you, obviously, <laughs> right? It's because you're dumb, right? It's because you're probably going to be a failure in life. I mean, this is what happens, especially when you're at school age, right? Yeah, and in school, you look at the kids who sit down and read quick, fast, and easy, and you think, hmm, what's, what are, what's their trick, right? What do they do? Are they sitting differently? <laughs> do they hold the book differently? What is the trick that they do right. that I can't do? Or um, you just have no awareness, or you blame yourself. It's my fault. It's my problem. What's always interesting to me is people are not aware that they're paying a price in terms of physical symptoms. Let's take headaches, for example. Um, So many times I've heard when I ask the question in the right way, and it's not like what's reading like for you or what is it like under the fluorescent lights, what's it like after you've been reading for a while or under fluorescent lights for a while? And you have a child who goes, oh, my eyes hurt and then my head hurts and I get a headache. And the parent will just look at the child and say, but you've never told me that. And the child goes, but you never asked me. Mm -hmm. Plus the fact, I didn't know that I should tell you. Or because a lot of times this problem is hereditary, if they say to the parent, I don't feel good, I feel tired, I feel sleepy, or my head hurts, or I get a headache, the mom will say, well, of course you do. I do too. Doesn't everybody? So this becomes the norm, and you don't know differently, and you don't know to say, hey, this is really a problem for me. Helen, when I was a kid, it always hurt to walk because I had really flat feet. In fact, I was duck-footed as a kid, and I had Oshkod slaughters on my knees, Mm. uh, which is a a thing around uh, calcification in the knees. So I just thought it was supposed to hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why do all these masochists want to go for a walk? Right? I, I played <laughs> soccer for 13 years. I used to ride my bike all the time, right? like, like 10 plus miles a day. So it's not like I was inactive, but I just thought it was supposed to hurt. I, and I remember when I got orthotics, I was maybe like 19 or 20 or something. And I walked across campus and it didn't hurt. I'm like, oh my God. And I told someone that and they're like, you mean it hurt to walk? I'm like... Yeah, everyone right. doesn't. Right. So I, I realize that that my perception of everyone else and theirs of me is it's unrelated. But this is what happened with with Mark, and this is what happened with. Well, Lana knew she had some visual sensitivities because well she lives with me and because I have her own lenses and because she's been to see you before. But the extent of it when when she did a really challenging test. When we say challenging, 
Like, all we did was hold up a 3D cube drawn in black on paper and say, look really closely at this and count the lines. And her brain just flipped out. I mean, she was unable to drive. Like, like yeah, we she actually, got dizzy and sick. Yeah, yeah we had to postpone totally. recording this thing so I could go pick <laughs> up the kids. Like, like that big of a deal for a, a perfectly healthy person. Right. And you think about the fact that one, like you said, mm-hmm. well, you know, I'm reading and it, it feels like this. Doesn't it feel, you think, doesn't it feel like this for everybody? Or you learn to stop and before it gets bad. Or what Lana was saying is fluorescent lights are such a problem for her that there's certain stores, especially Walmart, uh, Walmart? Yeah. yeah, which is probably the one where she'll walk in and within five seconds she goes, that's it, I'm done. I don't need to shop anymore. I'm going to run in, grab what I need, and I'm going to run out the door. And, it, and then you don't know there's a problem. This becomes your norm of how you handle life. If it's true that one in two people mm-hmm. has some degree of sensitivity here, and, and actually I believe that's the case. In fact, sometimes you can see it and people don't know they're sensitive. I, I've talked to just countless guys and, and women that, you know, I, I go to the store and, and I feel like there's no air in there. Like, I just, I feel like a zombie. I get so profoundly tired. I figured out a while back, it's not the air in the store. It's the lighting, lighting. in the store. If I put on, you know, stalker-looking glasses and a, and a baseball hat and I go to the store, I'll buy whatever I wanted to buy. Otherwise, I go in there and I go into a stupor after a while and I have a shopping cart full of crap I don't even need. Yeah, and you don't want, and you just as well leave it there and just run out and the door. Like, Why did I buy that? Like, I don't even know, but my decision-making capacity drops. And... One of the things that I know from the research on willpower and the talk I gave at the Bulletproof Conference and just even writing the Bulletproof Diet, when metabolic demands on the brain go up, you use all the available energy, whether it's mm-hmm. sugar or ketones from brain octane or whatever else, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm on empty. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, your ability to make decisions goes down. My experience of this is that visual stress drains my brain energy tank faster than it does in some other people which means that I can watch out for that because that's a source of called kryptonite. It's something that makes me weak mm-hmm. at a higher rate than half the population. And maybe I'm less weak than others, although I'm probably pretty far on, on that end of like, this is really bad for me. Right. Is eating more? <laughs> I mean, having a cookie, which is actually a compensatory strategy. Like, like yeah. that was something I used to do. Like, I feel it in my gut when, when my eyes get stressed. I, I literally feel it in my stomach. I've looked at my brain waves when my eyes get stressed. My brain waves change. I go into disordered theta, kind of like a daydream state. And if I keep doing it, like, this is real, but it's not uncommon, is the thing. Just no one knows about it. But I would go, like, okay, I'll eat a cookie. And, and then you think, but you also don't run around and tell people about it. It's not yeah. a quote-unquote medical condition, so you can't go to your it, medical doctor yeah. and say, guess what? You know, I get this feeling of fatigue, and he'll just look at you like you're crazy. If you go to have your eyes tested and you look at the eye chart and you say, um, and they, they always say, is this clear or not clear? And then instead you would interject and say, well, it's not that. It's that they're moving or they're appearing or they're disappearing or they're floating or moving off the page. You'll just get this strange look back like, what are you talking about? And it will get dismissed. So some, unless you explain these symptoms to the right person, which happens to be Erlen, they're not going to take any account of it because they don't know what to do with it. And it's like, uh, right, one-off. You're just really strange. Uh, Ellen, when I, was, what? <laughs> when I was tracking this stuff down, uh, before I figured all this out, I went to Cedar sinai Okay, this is one of the top medical things in, in uh, New York right. City. 
saw a, a visual neurologist. Right? I'm like, there's something going on here. And he's like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, yeah, like, that's like, it. I'm like, like, my ass, there's nothing wrong with me. Okay, let's just be really clear. Like, you might not know what's wrong with me, but I'll be damned if when I'm under fluorescent lights, I don't drool on myself and I, and I can't pronounce words and I get profound food cravings. Like, like, this is not crazy. This is something. And I was grateful to find, uh, to find your work, but it was also weird to find that I was not anywhere near alone and that there are people who are CEOs um, there are people who are are celebrities in Hollywood. Like, like there are people at the very top elite levels of performance, as well as people at all walks of life, who have this happening all the time, but they just don't know. Yeah, they don't know it, um, and they don't realize the price they're paying. They don't realize they could have more energy, more efficient performance, um, and that they don't have to live with certain physical symptoms at all. The scary thing for me is that it also can affect the health and well-being because you're putting chronic stress and that affects your immune system. Mm -hmm. um, and I look at some people and say, boy, you're going to crash. And crashing to me may mean you're just really fatigued or you have a headache or you're nauseous or you're dizzy. You're way past where you should be. You've really pushed your system. Um, I have just other people who find it's just such a benefit. Hey, I could read easily for an hour without any problem. Or it's wonderful to just feel this constant energy all day long. And I don't do the peaks and the valleys of my energy level. Um, children don't report. And that's, that is really frightening because we need to get in there and ask the right questions in the right way to be identifying those children who could be so much more successful and instead of blaming themselves. And one of the things I say when I, I test children, because it can be hereditary or it can be uh, acquired through various things we'll talk about. But when it's hereditary, I always can say to the child, this is wonderful. This is not your fault. You can blame your mom or your dad. <laughs> they do <laughs> enough of that Both anyway. of them, right? <laughs> and for the first time, they're not, somebody's not blaming them. Because there's always try harder, focus more, do better. And it was like, oh, wow, this isn't my fault. And then, of course, I say to mom, but don't worry, because you can blame either your mom or your dad. <laughs> yeah, trying harder is, is not uh, a good strategy most of the time. Practice more. Those are the ones that get me. <laughs> practice more. Do it again and again. Train and, you know, train more to make it better. It's so much easier to identify that this is an issue and that the signal to the brain is coming in like static to the brain and so the brain has to work so, the visual cortex, basically part of the brain, so hard to process it that it triggers these optical illusions, distortions, and physical symptoms. It's so easy to just change it with color so you're changing the information and it's coming in in the right timing for the brain. That's definitely a biohack. It's the idea oh, of changing it? the environment around you so that you have more control of your biology, in this case your brain. But there's also this idea, okay, I have less energy than I'd like throughout the day. I have these things. I have even like physical anxiety symptoms. And I've seen yeah. some of the videos of profound people. You take off their colored glasses and like, like within minutes they're shaking and, and they're kind of like, like physically in pain. And then you put the lens back on and suddenly they're lucid and they speak in whole sentences. And those are very extreme cases. Those are extreme cases. But, right. but the idea is, is, okay, you look at that end of the spectrum of people and there's also those people where uh, like uh, Abel James, uh, a good friend who runs a fat burning man, um, 
he heard me talking about this for a couple of years, thought it was nuts in the orange glasses. He went and got fitted for our own lenses and, and direct quote, it's like I got 25% of my brain back. Mm. Like, it's amazing. That kind of levels of performance where you're like, that's crazy. But one approach and one that I've taken because I didn't know all this stuff was, let's see, $500 in supplements a month. Uh, you go on a diet that gives you more energy. By the way, all this stuff works. Like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that stuff. You can do all those things. But maybe, okay, those increase your performance, but maybe you could also change your light bulbs. Like, okay, it's a lot cheaper. It's changing an environmental input into your body. And like, you might have more stable energy. You still might want to increase your performance in your mitochondrial biogenesis via supplements. But stop the kryptonite, like, cut off the 50 pound, you know, uh, ball and chain you're carrying with you. And any decent biohacker removes things that make you weak before you work on building new skills, before you work on training. Because it's hard to train and it's simple to remove things that are holding you back. Or eliminate things. The problem with Erlen is the fact that if the only time you're not under stress is if you're in a dark room with your eyes closed, which means you can't control your whole environment. Um, so it's easier to just put on the colored glasses that works for your brain and get tested for that, and then your whole environment is controlled for you and you don't have to worry about it. So, so if you look on YouTube mm. right now, you can see I'm wearing some glasses. They're like a light gray tint. These have several colors you put together. We did a bunch of testing. I'm going to hold these up to the camera. I have no idea this is going to work, but like, check this out. So this is what they look like. I'm holding them up to the lens. It is... Looks like a light gray tint. You can still see my eyes. So what what does this mean? It means that I look a little different indoors, and I don't always wear them indoors. And apparently, you can get contacts, which I'm going to try. But in many meetings, I'll do this, and I just say, you know what, fluorescent lights give me migraines. And you know what happens when I say that in meetings, Helen? Can you predict? No. Three or four other people go. Oh. Good God, me too. I I hate these lights. Why are these things even here? And that's because like one in two people. Don't like fluorescent lights because it takes something away from them biologically. One guy maybe gets a little tired. Maybe uh, the woman sitting next to him is like, well, I don't have a problem with these lights. And then the person sitting next to her is like, you know what? I I, I just don't feel good in one of these. Like it makes my neck hurt. Or I'm getting brain fog or yeah. I feel disoriented or I, my eyes hurt or my head hurts. Or I'm feeling anxious. And then not even understanding or drawing the connection between lighting anxiety, or any of the other physical symptoms that we talked about. So get this. As an employer, there are no fluorescent lights at the Bulletproof Coffee Shop except back in the kitchen because there are laws that I have to have them, and those laws piss me off. At the Bulletproof <laughs> headquarters in Bellevue, Washington, there are no fluorescent lights allowed. It's a fluorescent-free zone. We have natural-spectrum LEDs, and I'm working on getting all 12-volt halogens, but you have to have a lot of control of the building you're in for that to be allowed. And we, I don't know how much that cost, but it wasn't that cheap to do the swap out for yeah. the fluorescence. But look, as an employer, I care about my employees' performance very much. As a human being who likes the people I work with, who support our mission, I like them too. So from both of those perspectives, like I would like them to have lighting that works best for most people. And the lights we have, I know there's one or two people who don't like 
even those are too bright. When I'm in the office, they're not the right lights for me. They're better than fluorescents by orders of magnitude, but they're not as good as they could be. Mm -hmm. So what we've done is we've shifted for the entire set of people who, who go into the office every day, which isn't everyone. A lot of people work from home. I'm guessing the people who work from home are even more sensitive because they don't like going they to the office. They won't come into the office, right? Yeah. But whatever, I've never tested them, but we are in the process of testing every employee at Bulletproof. Like, mm -hmm. that's part of our plan for 2016 to, uh, or, you know, whatever next year is. Make to, everyone Earl and Proof. Yeah, just... But, so I can, yeah, yeah can we do, do that. that? Let's make them all Earl and Proof. Yeah, absolutely, we'll test so them So they all. can all function better and we don't have to, mm -hmm. and you get peak performance out of all your employees. Now, by the way... I have no business, like we have no business relationship. You, no. Your work really helped me going back, I think 2008 is when I first started doing this. And I, yeah. I hadn't met you until like last year when you went to the Bulletproof Conference. But uh, so we have no, like I'm not endorsing you for any financial reasons. This is literally just really amazing technology and it's knowledge that people can have. And if the knowledge is, look, I feel better when I wear a baseball hat when I go shopping Okay, that is essentially free. They give free baseball hats everywhere. Okay, <laughs> if, if you sit on an airplane, you wear a baseball hat and, and sunglasses. If they let you on the plane, so you don't look too much like a terrorist, then you'll probably feel better when you land. In fact, half the people are going to. So, like, this is basic stuff. But there's other levels like that, and the bulletproof coaches are all going to get the, the basic knowledge for how to spot someone who's likely to have this, so we can refer them out Be because this is one of those things for increasing human performance. And I'm I'm really committed to this this idea that you need to make sure you have enough energy in the body. Mm. You need to remove the things that make you weak, and then do more of the things that make you strong in that order. And this is one of the biggest things that make you weak. In fact, the other big thing that's part of my mission is mold toxins. Yeah. Okay. What do mold toxins do to light sensitivity in your experience? It increases your light sensitivity significantly. <laughs> so it moves you on the continuum. If you were moderate and you didn't have mold sensitivities, now you have mold sensitivities, you're over the top severe. If you were severe in terms of where you were and then you get mold sensitivities, now you're over, over, over the top severe. So it increases your light sensitivity and your problems. In fact, yes, go ahead. One of the ways I know that I've been in a moldy building, or especially that I've eaten moldy food, moldy vegetables, like moldy broccoli or cabbage will do this to me. One of the first signs I get is like a little bit of brain fog, and then lights that don't bother me suddenly it's like, oh, those are really painful. I'm like, damn it, I just ate something I shouldn't have eaten. I know there's mold in it. Moldy coffee also causes me to have excessive light sensitivity. That's why I know there's mold in there. I can test it with a lab test to verify it's not in there, but I, I started making my beans because I kept throwing away coffee that tasted delicious, that gave me light sensitivity and made me like want to kill people. So uh, that idea that neurotoxins can do that. Do you find things like Lyme disease or mercury toxicity make people more light sensitive? Yeah, any of your autoimmune problems, okay. whether it's chronic fatigue, Lyme disease, auto, any of those there's a tendency for a large percent of that population to be more, much more light sensitive. Okay. You're not going to take away the disease, but you're going to sure calm things down and make it better. The other area that we've gotten into is uh, head injuries and concussions related to sports or anything that's going to give you a head injury and a concussion um, and how that affects the brain and that yeah. how that can trigger symptoms. Um, I just finished writing a new book because I thought it was so important for people to understand things about sports concussions. So it's sports concussions, right? 
how to get back in the dot, dot, dot game of life. Because there's, again, a lot of myths about the fact that the physical symptoms that happen after a concussion, or even you don't have to have an identified concussion, um, will eventually go away. They can go away immediately, and they say typically within a couple of weeks it should go away. And I'm saying, and I give you specific examples in the book, how you need to create a baseline immediately of what life was like immediately before in terms of your performance, how you felt, what kind of physical symptoms you had, and then you need to track it. And if it doesn't go away, that's where we come in because we have done a lot of research showing that we can totally eliminate the headaches and the migraines and the other physical symptoms that accompany um, concussions and head injuries and improve again and bring the reading and the academic abilities back up to par with where you were before you had the in- injury. So, you're saying that very precisely colored lenses mm-hmm. without like focus correction, unless the people already needed that, mm-hmm. can have that effect. Yes, okay. absolutely. Right. And yeah. <laughs> so, so th- th- this is uh, like if you're listening to this in your car, you're sitting at work and you're going, holy crap, either one of two things is true. Helen is completely crazy <laughs> or this is a profoundly important scientific breakthrough. I will tell you flat out, Helen is not crazy. <laughs> you have good credentials. You have good research. You've been doing this for more than 30 years. You're a school psychologist who discovered something. You, you paid attention. You noticed something other people didn't notice. And you use the scientific method. You have testing kits. You have hundreds of people who use your method to train people and make a difference every day. And we've seen thousands and thousands and thousands of individuals in each one of the categories that I've talked about and have tracked their improvement. Um, so that there is 30 years of research behind it. It's just such a mind shift, um, first of all, to understand that bright lights aren't better, that fluorescent lights can create a problem, that high contrast black print on white paper is a problem, computer screens, iPads, iPhones are a problem. And the other issue is the fact that just over the majority of the population, none of this is a problem for them doesn't affect them at all. So about 52%? Yeah, I'd say, yeah, so you're 52%. So my population isn't the majority. We don't control and rule the world. So the majority of the population creates their least stressful environment. Fluorescent lights isn't stressful. Whiteboards aren't stressful. Reading textbooks isn't stressful or reading on the computer and doing it for long periods of time is not stressful. So they have no understanding that my population exists and they're not going to do anything to take care of my population. So I need to be able to come in and be able to get you guys to recognize that there's a problem and then there's a solution. Well, in, in the U.S., we have the Americans with Disabilities Act and they require you to put in wheelchairs, mm. like wheelchair ramps, like at the, the Bulletproof Coffee Shop in Santa Monica. It's a historic building and oh. it's been retrofitted with uh, wheelchair ramps. And as a part of remodeling, this delayed our opening by a month, we had to take the existing wheelchair ramp and change the angle from like 20 degrees to 18 degrees. Uh, right? And that required historic building and all, all this kind of stuff. Okay. <laughs> Yet, I'm allowed to put fluorescent lights in there that affect 48% of the population as opposed to people in wheelchairs, but which the logic, I support. Yeah, but the logic is this, is everybody who's in a wheelchair needs to have a ramp. 
We don't recognize the fact that there are people out there who are bothered by fluorescent lighting. We put position papers to Canada, to the U.S., and to the Europe saying don't get rid, rid of incandescent lighting. We put position papers. We heard back from all the countries that's not a problem. We don't understand I, it. I'm stockpiling them. If it's And by the way, there are other people doing that as yes. well with millions of them. Mm-hmm. And eventually we'll be back to kerosene lanterns, which is going to be interesting. But uh, this is not a joke. I do not function under fluorescent lights. And even LED lights, I, my, my resilience is not there. Like, yes, but you're talking to people who it doesn't bother them, yeah. so they don't believe it, and they don't mm-hmm. feel that it exists, and the, that's the issue. There's things that bother everyone listening to this, and each person is bothered by different things. Mm-hmm. And there are a few people, I'm guessing it's 5% of the population, who can basically breathe mercury fumes, um, eat spam and yeah. you know, grilled eat cheese whatever sandwiches. whatever they want. And, yeah, and, and like you know, stay up all night and drink a quart of vodka every day. And they're fine. And, yeah, and they like smear toxic mold as like hairspray. Like I, I have no idea how they do that, <laughs> but there are people who are that amazingly resilient. But even those people, when you like, look, let's put you in a better designed environment and pull some of the crap out of your diet, they still feel better. But the difference in how much better they feel is a, this is, is a my small, it's a small I, percent. You know, yeah. I have to tell you that the reason my backstory is the reason I discovered this is I don't have it at all. Yeah. So I'm the person who goes, I don't know what you're talking about in terms of fluorescent lighting. I read for literally hours and hours and hours <laughs> on end. Nothing happens to the printed page. Everything stays comfortable. And I think it's because I didn't have the problem at all, not on the continuum, when... I was working with my adults who were still struggling at the university level. I headed a program for adults with learning disabilities, and they were bright, and they had worked really hard, but they were still struggling. And they started to report to me, well, but this happens after a while when I read, and this is how I feel, and this is how it looks, and this is why I can't copy, and this is how I feel under fluorescent lighting. I could play it off on myself and go, nope. No, none of those things are a problem. Um, and therefore, I my performance level is very equal, and I can do it quicker, faster, and easier than they can. So I guess I believed them and thought it was a problem because I didn't have it. If I had it and I had still managed to be successful, I would have thought and said, well, that can't be a problem. I'm successful. You can be successful too. So if... If you don't have this problem, it would have been far easier just to tell those people that they were crazy or that they should just try harder. But you did this weird sciencey thing where you like observe something and no, I basically yeah, I listened. I did something. Yeah, strange. I actually listened and believed in what the people were telling me. Yeah, that's kind of must be very strange. <laughs> yeah, it's almost unheard of these days. Yeah, and right? this kind of knowledge though, that this is core like precious knowledge about what it takes to be a human because if i had known this when i was 16 it it would have really changed a lot of the struggle that i've had in my life the the amount of effort and work that went into college all the learning how to get around things that apparently other people didn't have to get around i didn't even know they didn't have to get around them like how do these people do that they must just work harder than me yeah maybe they're smarter than me maybe i'm actually dumb i've I've thought all of these things about myself and it turns out i I know my iq i'm actually not dumb i'm reasonably smart and like you see that though and you're like why is there a gap between my perceived intelligence my measured intelligence and And my performance performance. right there's a reason for it there's a reason for it and that's neat to know the adults, when they get tested, the first reaction is, 
really either anger or sadness that nobody picked this up before, that nobody identified this as a child. Right? I, I love seeing Mark today. Yeah. He, he's just incredulous. Like, like I, I'm like, he's like, I don't know, about 50. I have no idea how old he is. Yeah. And, and he's like. So my reaction to this is actually shock because I've spent my entire adult life and childhood as well looking at this, working hard to try and work out what they're saying. And then when I just place this across, my body relaxes. All right. Someone's listening right now. And let's say that they've never thought about this before. Most people have never thought about whether the lights they're under are affecting how they feel. It's like the normal message that'll go through your head, and I say this from experience, is sometimes I get tired. Sometimes I get food cravings. Sometimes, et cetera, et cetera, symptoms. Mm -hmm. But it appears to be random, right? Right, you can't connect the dots. Right, so just, I don't you know. You blame why. it on something else, you think... And as soon as you leave that environment, everything's fine, so you don't think about it again. Yeah, and it just, it's, or, it's you know, gone, so it's okay. Or, or it's not an issue. Sometimes I read and I pass out, sometimes I don't. <laughs> like, does it have to do with, I hate to say it, the brightness of the paper? Could that really be a variable? Hell yeah, it's a variable. Okay. We're unaware of the triggers. Yes, unaware, absolutely okay. unaware. So one of the things that we've done is we've created a self-test that's online. That was my next question, good. Yeah. How do people know it's online? I didn't even know you had an online self-test. Why yeah. did I know that? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, I, we have the self-test is online. It's, um, and there's various. There's a short one. There's a long one because this affects so many areas that it's, and it's different for other people. It can affect lighting. And if you're bothered by sunlight, you're going to typically be bothered by not just sunlight, but bright lights and fluorescent lighting, headlights at night and glare, um, the brightness off of computer screens. It can affect vi reading in any visually visual activity. It can also affect depth perception. So some people think, oh, I'm just not athletic. Well, no, maybe it's related to Erlen. It can affect reading music. Um, so we created a whole bunch of areas. I just mentioned some of them. Um, we created the self-test online and you can take the self-test and see. See if this is you. Start to connect the dots. Play it out and think about it. So that's one thing you can do is get online. Do take the self-test. Do you have like professional ball players who wear Erlen lenses when they're playing? Football players. Football players. Wow, they're wearing Erlen lenses yeah, on the fields because they're better athletes. Yeah, and professional, <laughs> and professional ice hockey players really? who have had concussions. So oh. that's an area we didn't talk about that. Well, yeah, we did a little bit. A little bit, but, but one of the things we haven't mentioned, uh, Daniel Amen has spoken at the conferences mm -hmm. like you have at the Bulletproof Conference. And uh, he's one of my favorite brain hackers. Mm -hmm. And you've done some work with Daniel. Mm -hmm. And Daniel just came out with a movie about concussions and is flat out proven that like 96% of people who play professional football or ice hockey or I think um, fights are getting brain damage. And he can measure it, he can see it, he can predict it. And so obviously you and him would have a lot in common. What did you find when you worked with Daniel Amen? Well, Dan, Daniel Amen has done brain scans on some of the people Mike and Mike who have Earl, and, and what we do with the colored lenses is we create the special lens that you wear, and he's tested these individuals with and without to look at the difference in their brain scans. And what he sees is with the brain scan, there's a lot of activity and going on in areas where there shouldn't be this much activity, such as obviously the visual cortex, but areas that create anxiety, irritability, fidgetiness, 
and that there's a low energy area with your prefrontal lobe, so it affects your ability to do attending and sustain concentration. And that all normalizes once you put on the Erlen filters. So it's a way of quickly normalizing the brain's ability to function. This is one of the more profound things to see. And if you're familiar with what a SPECT scan is, this is something that Dr. Amen works with. And a SPECT scan is one of the things that probably saved my career going back, geez, 2002 mm. or something. I was feeling rough. I was going to school at Warden and I was working full time at a startup that had a successful exit. And I was barely making it. I mean, probably bottom of my class who graduated. And I ended up getting uh, extra time like approved for mm-hmm. me to take tests, which made me feel pretty much like like not good. <laughs> like you feel like you're a failure. And I, I was at the time dealing with mold toxins. And I went and I got a spec scan as part of my like, like this is unacceptable. Like I've dealt with the weight, now I'm dealing with my, my brain. And so I, I got this this test from Daniel Amen, and it showed massive problems in my brain, essentially like traumatic brain injury, except it was uh, poisoning. It, it was toxic, toxic injury to the brain. Right. And so I, I got to be very familiar with this kind of, of scan. And when you look at my scan now, I, I did a few months ago with, with Daniel, and he looked at my old scan and said, Dave, you look like someone who lived under a bridge using street drugs, like, like, mm-hmm. like one of the worst brains I've seen from someone who's still functioning, to now where I have a smooth surface on the scan. The idea is you can see a difference in metabolic activity before and after. When you show someone with scoptic sensitivity, someone with severe stuff, and you do the before and after scans, you see a brain that's full of holes. This is bad. These are parts where the brain's either overactive or underactive, and it should look like a smooth kind of globe. Instead, you see like a piece of a piece of coral with pieces missing. So literally, you take that same brain, you put glasses on them that have a specific spectrum filter. They look like colored lenses, but they're quantified colored lenses. And then the brain changes, and you see the smooth brain again. And this is the difference between, oh, I can see the letter A on the thing, and I just changed what's going on in the in the computing power of my brain by filtering a little bit of light at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But but that is anyone in any medical profession who says, oh, this you know this is just seeing the world through rose-colored glasses. I'm sorry, you explain that result. This is a radioactive sugar. This is a, a functional brain image that shows what's going on. There is no other explanation that there's way more going on with color than we thought. Mm-hmm. That's good. I don't have anything to add to that. All That's right. a great explanation. I, I'm irritated that no one told me this when I was a kid and that I sat under all those crappy fluorescent lights. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all right, so, so let's talk about the worst lights. Like, like, So people are looking for actionable things they can do today. They're not going to go out and get early okay. tested. Yeah, so, if they're not going to get early yeah. tested, at least do some things in your environment. And one of the issues would be, A, bright light is not better everybody. So if you have a child that's in their room and has turned off the lights and reading in dim lights, don't go in and turn on the lights and say, (laughs) reading in dim light is going to hurt your eyes. That's a myth, okay? Um, So let's change the lighting when you can change the lighting to protect yourself. What's the best lighting? Indirect natural lighting. So if you don't need to turn on the lights and there's enough light coming in indirectly through the windows, that's great. 
as long as it's not creating glare. Because I know, Dave, you go, glare is a big issue, so you can't have glare. But as long as it's not creating glare, sit with you back to the window so that you don't get glare, so you're not staring out the window. Um, Use soft lighting when you can. Obviously, the best lighting for the brain is, and it mimics our natural lighting, happen to have been incandescent lights. That was the best mimic of natural lighting. That's what our brain was should you know had from day one. Um, in addition, there are certain other things. Watch your colors um, because certain fluorescent colors are really triggering the same kind of reaction because they're too bright and they're triggering things for you. Many of you may have noticed that certain patterns or plaids or polka dots or stripes are really difficult because they be, they're either annoying or they become like optical illusions. So watch what you wear. Um, when you can, hats are great because they're, if you have to sit under fluorescent lights, wear a brimmed hat. My recommendation is I don't care how it looks on the top, but the under part of the brim should always be like, black. Like that. Yeah, black. It can be on the top. It can be red, pink, green, yellow. I don't care. But the under part because it will absorb the light. The worst one is white because it will reflect the light right into your eyes. Um, You can, in terms of one of the strategies, is not to get new books. So you don't have this high contrast black print on a white background. Um, Get used books. They're yellow. They're like newsprint. And newsprint makes it easier to read. Suggestion there, if you buy used books and they smell musty, ditch them. Oh, here we go. Those are from moldy houses. The mold triggers light sensitivity. (laughs) Let's get it all in there. (laughs) You got to, you know, watch yourself and protect yourself from your environment. This is called, you know, somehow or other today we put ourselves into the most aversive environment for a lot of people. Um, By the way, fluorescent lights and moldy books aren't going to kill you but they might take you out of your high-performance zone, and that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, constantly. You want to perform, and you want the peak performance. And I thought about, um, oh, paper. It's interesting. Why do we have legal pants on yellow? Why do we use yellow highlighters? It's the worst color. It's the brightest color, and it affects more people negatively. It's because no one likes attorneys, so we make them use it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But... (laughs) My guess is using, <laughs> you know, think about using something besides a yellow highlighter. Use a different color highlighter, maybe blue or green. Um, okay, just pause for a second. Go ahead. If you're thinking about this, you're like, okay, this crazy person just told me to change the color of my highlighter. Look, if you're one in two people and it's, you're like, okay, I would never do that. I wouldn't try that. It wouldn't make any difference. You know what? You might be entirely right. But for the person sitting next to you, it's actually a useful piece of information because we aren't all the same. And even if there's two people who both have scoptic sensitivity, one of them may not really care about fluorescent yellow highlighting. And the other one's like, God, you know, that always did irritate me. And when I read that, I lose 8% of my cognitive function after a half hour of doing it, and the other one doesn't. So, like, these are things. It, will it harm anyone to switch to a blue or a green? Green or something like that. Think Probably about not. the paper color. You don't yeah. have to print off of the computer on white. You can get reams of different color paper, blue paper and green paper and purple paper and aqua paper, and try printing on different color paper so you can re- not read on the computer. 
Um, you can print it off and read on different colored paper. You can change. We do have an app that lets you, um, on Android, create your own color. Um, Brock, will you grab some of the, the overlays and a sheet of white paper? And also the thing for the app. If you're watching on YouTube, and you should, bulletproofexec.com slash YouTube, like some of these things are more visual than others. I'm going to pick an overlay here. These are things I just watched today. A, a little girl who's, uh, she's about eight, just completely transformed. She's like, oh, yeah, my head hurts when I read like that. And Helen took one of these sheets of, like, transparent paper. She makes them. One side's matte, and they're, they're special designed um, colors. And she put it over the paper, so the paper looked, in her case, like a light purple color. And all of a sudden, like, her body relaxed. You could see it. Her eyes relaxed. And she's like, oh, yeah, the letters don't move around the way they did before. Was she dyslexic? I, she could have been. I don't know if she was actually yeah, identified, she, but if this way, yeah, yeah, she was never diagnosed. But she said, "Oh, things were swirling, were swaying on the page, and they stopped swaying, yeah. and my headache went away." And she was so excited. From and, a three dollar like special design plastic thing, it, it's not like you have to go out and get expensive glasses, but you may benefit greatly if you do. <laughs> you just don't know. But this is the sort of thing. It, 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 it approaches the cost of free. It's less than a cost of. It's less than a cup of coffee. Right. Right. And they are available on Amazon.com. Uh huh. What, what do you call these? Oh, these are colored overlays. These colored overlays. Just the type, yeah, and you can go on to our website, which is www.erlen.com, okay. and you can purchase them that way, or you can purchase them on, on Amazon.com. Um, we have also skins that you can put. Up on your computer, they stick to the computer, or actually you can cut them so that if your tablet bothers you or your phone bothers you, you can just put them on, on that. Um, and we have a app which you can use. That's the one on I talked Android, about. Yeah, yeah on Android. And that's, again, all those things are available. How much is that? On, is it free or do you charge for it? Oh, it's really inexpensive. Like a dollar it's, or something. Yeah, it's a couple of dollars is all. And that's so, called the Erlen app, but it's only on the... Used to Androids, and okay. only Androids you can use it. So there's know. all these things to help you change your environment. The only difference between doing all this and getting Erlen Spectral Filters is then you don't need any of this. Erlen Spectral Filters take care of it across the board. So you don't need overlays, you don't need color paper, you don't have to worry about your environment, you don't have to worry about fluorescent lighting or your computer screen. It just makes it totally easy because it keeps you pain-free and stress-free 100% of the time. Well, that's... Um, hmm? I don't know what else to say to, to people other than that. This is pretty darn big. Uh, when I look at things that affect large percentages of people, hmm. I, I look at, at calling that out. If you look on the Bulletproof Diet Roadmap, in the middle of it, there's a set of suspect foods, like lectins. Well, 20% of rheumatoid arthritis is caused by potato and, and tomato family, bell peppers, mm -hmm. things like that. So I put those on the list. Like These might be making you weak. They might be causing all sorts of problems or not. It depends, right? It's one in five. We look at uh, mold toxins in Moldy the movie. And I made that movie because 28% of people get permanent autoimmune stuff from mold and other people, all people get oxidative DNA damage and it can affect mood and it can do other bad things. But one in four people 
basically are at serious risk of losing 40 years of quality of life and probably 20 years of lifespan from living in water-damaged buildings, even mm -hmm. for a few months. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just looking at a study of that. Okay, what we're looking at here, though, is approximately a little bit less than one in two people who have some level of sensitivity, some severe and disabling, some it's just an irritation. But like, let's remove irritations from our lives. Like, Let's build a world where the lighting in the average store by the way, do you run a store? Do you like selling things? Then do what we're talking about here and you'll sell more. But the lighting in the average store and especially the average school and government office and institution is set up for people to feel good. Right? Like that that, that just, makes sense to you and it doesn't make sense to the people in power because it doesn't bother them. Well, so some things bother everyone, right? Yeah, but it doesn't bother everybody. So you can fight the establishment or you can just make it so that you can exist in whatever the establishment creates because they think this is the ideal environment without problems. So that's 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 how I see it. I, and I'm so you know, I I'll go out and I'll fight the establishment, but when the establishment says, Nope, we're not gonna do anything, it's not a problem. I mean, you talk to the government today in the US and you'd say, Food additives, food dyes, food preservatives are a problem. Nope. They don't agree. Absolutely, well, doesn't affect anybody as far as, as they, they're concerned. It has to affect everybody for something to be done, and that's really an issue. So you're responsible for taking care of yourself. you got to be responsible for identifying those issues that become problematic for you, that are holding you back, and take care of it, because the government's not going to take care of you. And I have to tell you, some of the compensatory strategies out there for children who are struggling with reading, to me, are not that helpful. Extended time, books on tape. You can't do that for your whole life. Wouldn't it be better to just make it so that you can, you don't need extended time, that you don't need to have books on tape, that you can read it easily yourself, that you can do it quick and fast, um, and you don't need the extended time. Well, Ellen, you said something there. You're responsible for, for yourself. Yep. And yeah, uh, you are responsible for yourself, but you're also responsible for the people around you. Like, like we live in a world where the people around you are, are part of the world you interact with, and you can have a positive effect or a negative effect on them. And if you can't regulate your emotions because of toxins, bad diet, because you've been abused and you haven't dealt with your trauma, because you have traumatic brain injury, because you have multi-tox exposure, or because fluorescent lights took you out of your zone, it doesn't really matter, but you're going to be a jerk to the people around you. Mm -hmm. so one of the things that Lana and I are working on right now is if we can pull this off, we're working to get testing for our kids' school. For for all the kids. Well, you want to screen them for Erlen, is yeah. what we want to. We want to get them tested for Erlen because if it turns out that one in two of them, if we're playing odds or somewhere around there, um, are having problems with that, let's see what's that going to do to the quality of life at school. Okay, for my kids, well, their quality of life will go up because the kids who are having behavioral problems because of poor lighting will probably get better. Right? Yeah, and we talked about the behavior problems that can get triggered. Yeah, let's talk lighting. about some of that. Like, like, I'm sure there's a lot of parents listening who are going, oh my God, is that my kids? <laughs> yeah, and we have to say that you'll have a lot of children that the lighting is triggering anger, um, they're striking out, they're misbehaving, they can't stay in their seat, they're being labeled as distracted, you're being told to put them on medication, that they're, they're 
daydreaming in class, that they're not paying attention, gee, wouldn't it be nice if it's just the lighting and all we had to do is figure that out? It's probably and lighting you not have a nice child? I have one story about yeah. one of um, my clients who he would just get so angry and aggressive after being under the fluorescent lights, but he didn't realize it, that as soon as he got out of class, he just hit the first person that came near him. <laughs> just, you know, literally. And he was labeled a bad kid. Thank goodness there were like seven high schools because he got rejected by one and kicked out, went to another high school, got kicked out of that because he got in so many fights, went to another high school. No idea. He had no idea. He just thought, this is me. And this is what I'm like. When we, when I, I met him when he was trying to get through college now and had been on academic probation two or three times and was sent to see me in the program I had created. Um, and we found out that things in the environment moved for him and it just started to build. And that fight, building fight, just, right? and he just became explosive. And we were able to stop that, and things moved on the page and stopped that. And he was able to read. He got off academic probation, and he graduated with very good grades. That's that's pretty amazing. And for every one of those you find, there's probably... A hundred and thousands and thousands more. Yeah. Absolutely. And one of the functions of, of Bulletproof Radio here is, is to take these things that should be in the instruction manual for humans and let people know about it. So... What do you do when it's a situation like a husband and wife? Okay, let's say the husband's affected, wife isn't. What happens in those environments? <laughs> they fight about the lighting. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> they go, my okay. wife loves bright lights, and the lights are all on, and I go in and I turn off all the lights, and then she turns them all on again. So they do fight about the lights. <laughs> so right now, like there's a group of people listening going, oh, my God. <laughs> Right. So if that's the case, one of the two people has some kind of sensitivity. Yeah. And so what what would they do about it? Do they go just take the online self assessment? One of them probably has has a problem and right. then take the self assessment. Right. Identify but, yourself. What's and, the URL for that again? I have we mentioned it? I don't Oh it's www.erlen.com. Okay, so that's just the main URL. Is there a special one for the test or no? No, just get on and says self-test. It'll be on the front And you can page. go okay. take some different right. self-tests. Erlen.com. All right, that's that's a good deal. Now, um, that is, <laughs> that, that's so cool. And, and I I look back on, on all the relationships I've been in. And yeah, definitely, I, I'm picky about my lighting. Uh, here's another thing that I used to do that would drive people insane at work. Uh, I would stand up on my cubicle and helps that I'm tall. And I would unscrew the fluorescent light bulbs <laughs> above my desk because they're, they're kryptonite. They're yeah. evil, right? And you leave them in the socket but loose so that... Yeah, uh, right. You leave them yeah. in the cell. You turn them up but you don't destroy the whole circuitry. And, and then I put a halogen uh, light in my a little lamp in, in my office or in my cube. And I'm like, all right, I'm good to go. And, of course, then, you know, a week later, facility changes the bulbs. And you're like, <laughs> you think, right, think the bulb again. is bad. And you're like, eventually, you think these guys are going to figure out. They change the fixture. Nope, nope. nope. But what's going on there is is basically uh, it, it's people protecting themselves. So there are probably people in your office who do the same thing. You know, the guy you go into his office, the lights are off. It, it doesn't mean anything bad. It just, it just means, means he's got Erlen. <laughs> yeah. And it means also that at least he had the capability to figure out that the lights sucked right. and to turn them off instead of just taking it every so day. So in one place that he has control of, he's been able to control his environment. Um, think about the people who say, it's really strange, but I like to wear my sunglasses outside. They Inside, I mean. 
I, I, I haven't. I wear them inside. I wear them when I go shopping. They have Erlen as well. So all rock stars have Erlen. You know, that's a good question. Is it just a look or I, I always wonder about some of that. <laughs> Do they, is it an affect? They want to look cool. They think it's good. Or is it the lights that are coming at them when they're on stage that really bother them? I, I, I absolutely someday hope I get a chance to meet Bono just to ask, ask him. him. Yeah, I, I, right? I just want to know, like, Bono, if you're listening, man. Like, I, I want to know. <laughs> yeah, let us know. <laughs> Are you light sensitive or I, not? It wouldn't surprise me, right? Because he's famous for all these different glasses and wearing them indoors and all that stuff. And I don't want to be famous for that. But um, all right, this is just a weird story. I, I was randomly invited to a celebrity poker tournament. And it was in a place with some lighting that bothered me. So I wore my orange glasses. And I'm like, I think twice as tall as Bono. But I actually heard people going, is that Bono? Oh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm like a computer hacker guy, right? And the fact that I was once confused with a rock star, I'm like, oh, my God. That's great. Wonderful. Like, like it's amazing. But it was just because I had on extremely unusual orange glasses. <laughs> it, and since then, I've switched to, uh, like, your eyes over time change and adjust. And I've switched to ones that are much more sane looking than the bright orange ones. And you know, this was going back, like, seven, eight years ago. So these are a little bit more of a... But you still call them your rock star glasses. Yeah, I tell people, if I'm going to wear them on stage, I just say I'm in training to be a rock star. Yeah, rock star glasses. But also, I'm I'm lucky I'm in a position to do that. I I did have a time locally here in Canada. I had to sit in court for a few hours to buy my house because uh, it was in foreclosure. So I sat there, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's a government building. Like, these things are full of the cheapest lights. So I put on, like, a nice hat and my orange glasses, and sure enough, within two minutes, the judge is like, you in back there, take that hat off, blah, 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 blah. And and I just said, I said, I'm really sorry, Your Honor. Um, I'd be happy to wait outside. I have a medical condition. Fluorescent lights cause migraines. I'd I'd be happy to wait outside. And he goes, oh, well, then keep that on. You can sit back down. And... It was actually worked in my favor because, and he said, well, why don't I just move your case to the front? So <laughs> we actually were out of there in 10 minutes. But if I had responded the wrong way, I mean, it's it's considered disrespectful to wear a hat, especially in, in some meetings like that where you're just not going to. I can push the lines, but there's still times where, you know, uh, I'm not going to do that. You're going to do it. And the other thing is I have some lawyers and some other people where the glasses are really hard for them because people need to see their eyes. So we yeah. created a concept where we will actually can tint contact lenses. I, I'm going to order some. Yeah. And that's even better because it blocks out and filter. I shouldn't say blocks out, but filters all the lighting. So all your lighting is filtered. So you even get better protection and better results. And it doesn't change the color of your eyes. I'm actually sad to hear that because I wanted bright orange eyes. And I told you if you want to do that, we can do that. <laughs> it's okay. But most people don't want to do oh, that. <laughs> people are so boring. Right. I know. <laughs> now, I, I think I'm out of questions for you this time, but it could just be because we spent two days training together. I'm excited that I now have the tools to be able to go out with Bulletproof coaches and with the Bulletproof staff and very quickly spot whether someone has this going on, I'm not qualified to like show which lenses are going to help them. But just to say, look, this is a direction to pursue versus this is not a direction to pursue. People listening can go to Erlen.com. They can check out your self-assessment, which is another way. It's not as good as an actual you know, Yeah, but A-B it's a big test. start. It's a great start. And, right. and uh, people should go there. Like, like 
you know, like I said, there's no endorsement contract. There's nothing like that. This is something that helped me survive in Silicon Valley in a major way and something that has kept my brain in a resilient state. I would have used a lot more effort over the last eight years than I have because of your work. So I'm, I'm just grateful for it. And I think that this can impact 50% of the population. And when we're done making people know about this, it will be considered like smoking to have fluorescent lights. Not to mention that they reduce employee uh, productivity and they're bad for the environment because they're full of mercury and they're mostly made in China. And there's a whole a whole reason that these uh, fluorescent lights got to be popular and a lot of it was economic, uh, not, uh, uh, not necessarily what was best for humans. Uh, when I say economic, as in it was cheaper to make the light bulbs in China than it was to make them yeah. in the U.S. An Thank you, GE. Decision. We know what you did. Yeah, go blame GE. But the issue becomes one of we become so high tech today. Even if you try to avoid fluorescent lighting, you can't avoid your computers and your tablets and your iPhones. You don't want to avoid them. They're kind of useful. Yeah, but they're also creating stress. And it's the stress that we're dealing with. So we've created a high-tech environment. We're putting young children as young as kindergarten and first grade now on computers. In the U.S., they will take all their tests on computers. And some children are going to do very poorly, and it's not because they don't have the knowledge or the ability, but because the computer screen is too bright and is creating difficulties and physical symptoms. One thing that made a huge difference for me for many years is I turned down the brightness and changed the color temperature on my monitor. So you can actually just dim it. You can do it. If you, again, if you're in control. Kids can't do yeah. it. They won't let them do it in school because wow. so many different children use it. So, so then you they don't tape. have control. So you can, can they tape a thing over it? Yeah, we have. they can take the colored overlays on the computer because mm-hmm. they can take it on and off. So some other child who doesn't need it. And we have clings now where it actually will stick on the computer um, or you can cut them for the tablets or for your iPhones. So there's a lot of things. So take a look at the store that's um, at Erlen.com and see all the things that we have that will help you. And the clings, by the way, are compatible with the Zentech filter. The Zentech filter is something that we manufacture at Bulletproof that goes on the iPhone and your laptop and everything else. And it cuts out a very narrow spectrum of blue. You mm-hmm. can't see that it's cutting it out. It cuts that out because that's the spectrum that messes with your sleep. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to look at your phone before you go to bed or after the sun sets, filtering that out affects melatonin production and it affects oxidative stress on the surface of the cell membrane in the eyes. So this is a, a different type of filtration. It's actually a similar type of filtration, but it's a different end goal. And this is a biological, not a neuroprocessing goal. And what the Erlen filters are to do is to make your brain process what's coming into them better. What the Zentech filter is there to do is to keep melatonin being produced by the brain and to prevent some of the stress in the eye itself. So Helen's doing brain stress, and we're doing something to improve sleep quality. But you can stick the clings on top of the Zentech, and it works fine. It works fine. The two together are great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think I'm out of cool things to say. And I'm so grateful you came up to Vancouver Island to Bulletproof Labs. After this, you're going to go do a float in our flotation tank, as I understand it. Oh, really? That sounds interesting. I heard heard this was true. Yeah, it's an interesting rumor. Let's see. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Helen. Thanks for your work. Thank you, Dave. Love you dearly. I love you.
If you love today's show too, you know what to do. Head on over to Erlen, I-R-L-E-N.com and check it out. If this is topical and relevant to you, if it wasn't, someone sitting to your left or to your right is statistically very likely to benefit from this information. So tell them to download this episode. And you could also send them to uh, bulletproofexec.com slash YouTube to find it. You can go to our podcast page. And there's a few other things. The entire transcript of this with links will be posted on the Bulletproof website. So you could download the PDF or send that to a friend. You can also go into the transcript. You can click on the transcript anywhere and we'll take you to YouTube and show you the 30 second video where I said exactly what was there or where Helen said what was there. So you can send just the 30 second clip to your friend. Uh, If you're getting the point here, the point is that this info is part of the human operating manual. This is control you have over your biology. And what I'm asking you to do here is just to share it with people who are going to benefit from it because that's what this whole thing's about. So thanks for listening. Have an awesome day. And the next episode, I hope, will be as good as this one. I'll do my best. And I hope you find yourself or help somebody. Have an awesome day. Bye. Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.